You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to the conference finals here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation, as well as Dime Magazine. And you can follow me on Twitter, at BrendanClean14. Most importantly, though, you can follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnPHXSuns, where you can send me whatever you were doing the night the Suns made it back to the conference finals, who you were with, the chugging that was happening, whatever it may be. I am loving all of the... uh, the pictures and the memories and the the tweets and everything. Um, Brandon is here to talk about it with us. He's at AZ Sports Zone on Twitter, of course. Uh, Monday being a, a, a nice time, Brandon. This was a this was a lucky coincidence that this this sweep wrapped up here on a on a Monday. How are you feeling? And uh, how, how how did you spend tonight? Yeah, so uh, I've been traveling a lot and uh, pretty tired right now. So I promise I'm a lot more excited than I'm probably going to sound on this this episode but uh yeah it's it's just a great time to be a Suns fan you know sweeping Denver and and keeping it short and sweet so CP can get some rest uh and just seeing like the Suns fans take over uh Denver's stadium was was awesome so um it's just it feels like everything that could have possibly went right did and as a Suns fan I feel like I'm still trying to comprehend that um but yeah, it's, it's going to be nice for this team to get some rest. And I think even the fans to get some rest too. Uh, it's been a giant party on Suns Twitter with the chugging with the fellas. So shout out to yeah, Surgeon our, our Suns. Who, need some yeah. rest, I think. Our throats, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a fun time, but uh, I think this week off will probably uh, be for the best for everyone and just kind of soak it in. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about this game here to start things off folks. We will also, uh, just, I, I kind of want to talk about Chris Paul uh, in, on on this night. Thirty-seven points, a basically perfect game in the closeout opportunity here. His second time in the conference finals, and how meaningful that is, and and all of that. And then, and we can start to start to kind of look forward to what the next round will be like. How much of an impact that rest might have, and uh, and everything else. I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll take some some turns here and there as we make our way through this episode uh today's show folks is brought to you by locker room you can download the locker room app join us every single friday afternoon to get in on the conversation about this sun's team locker room changing the way we talk sports so 37 for chris paul 14 of 19 from the field nine of nine from the free throw line a continuation of game three where he was also excellent and seems fully back um seems healthy seems comfortable and, and even more than that seems um, like this was what he was saving himself for. Like we saw these little bursts um, and, and we'll get into Chris Paul more in that, in that second segment, but he closes things out. You had Devin Booker doing his thing, 34 points, filling in the gaps, four assists as well. And, you know, the shots falling, they didn't generate quite as many threes as they had, which was interesting. Um, and then the big story, I think the real turning point in this game was Nikola Jokic with his, ejection flagrant two foul on a swat downward toward the ball that got campaign on uh, like the eye face kind of nose area wherever it was they review it eventually deem it to be 
the excessive and unnecessary contact, and he heads to the locker room in a decisive game. Very disappointing end to the Joker season, I'm sure, but um, I didn't even feel necessarily like that was any sort of like animosity thing. How did you feel about that decision from the referees in a in a second round game with the MVP in question and the momentum kind of hinging on that for them to to deem that a flagrant and get that guy out of the game? It, it felt really big. I don't know if it was the right call. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that they threw him out. I thought it was just going to be a, fl- a flagrant one and just continue playing. But at the same time, it was – uh, it fits like the textbook ruling for what, you know, they call flagrant two, like to a T. So um, I'm just surprised that they've, they've actually followed their, their protocols that strictly because usually during the playoffs, especially, in, you know, for an MVP, they're going to be more lenient. So I was a little surprised, but uh, it was definitely a cheap shot. And I think he kind of, I don't think he was trying to injure anyone, but it's just one of those things you, you just can't do. And uh, yeah, I, I will say I was a little bit surprised, but, at the same time, if it was a regular season game, he's probably thrown out. So they're they're just trying to, you know, keep yeah. it uh, consistent. So, like you said, it's the letter of the law, right? Like it, it is. It pretty much it could be used in a referee training video. Like it was all of the things that a flagrant needs to be. It was way too much force for what he was trying to do. Like I get, you know, you're trying to, you know, be be, be physical, you know, get make pain uncomfortable and whatever. Um, but way, way too hard. And then the other, th- the other part is like, you got to just be careful. Like I get what you're trying to do, but we saw, I, I mean, there was a play late in the game um, when I don't know why it's even sticking out of my head. Cause it was pretty normal play, but book wraps up Will Barton on a like kind of breakaway layup attempt just to, to get him to the line and, and not, not let him have the shot. It's like the NBA players know how to foul correctly, right? Like, you know how to make that play in a way where you get the point across, you do what you're trying to do, but you don't hurt somebody. And he clearly crossed that line. So it was a turning point. Joker finishes with just 28 minutes played, 22 points, 11 rebounds, all the rest, um, and isn't in the game for the the deciding portion of it. Uh, We also saw the Nuggets switch their starting lineup. Why didn't they do this earlier? It felt like, so I was, my thing was, was Barton, like he, clearly had the um clearly had the the injury and it felt like he was saying it was a risk to even be out there and all this stuff and then he comes out and plays 39 minutes so it was like to me my issue with all of this was if if he's not healthy it's not worth trying any of that right like just don't bother and 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 get anybody in a worse situation physically but he obviously could play And Monty Morris was, I thought should have been starting from game one after the series that he had against the Blazers. So it just felt like a very last minute adjustment from Malone to try this after they were already down in in the series and everything. Um, What did you make of that? Because it feels like if this starting lineup was, was in there from game one, things look a lot different in this series. Yeah. I was a little surprised they didn't make changes earlier too, but uh, you know, especially when you're down 2-0, it's like, at that point, you have to, I think, kind of mix some things up. Like, you don't want to overreact from one loss after game one. It's like, I get he wants to be consistent. But, yeah, I think Morris definitely should have started probably from the beginning. And, and Barton was probably their best player tonight for pretty, like, wide stretch. Uh, when Jokic went out, he kind of kept them alive. So, um, yeah, they looked like a different team tonight, but it was just too little too late. The Suns already had their rhythm. And, and Chris Paul just went in the mode of, like, uh, this game's over. 
and you guys are just going to go home and, you know, we're going to get some rest. And once he made up his mind, uh, it, like you could just kind of, even though Denver made those runs to keep it close, you just kind of knew, like, I was, I was pretty comfortable throughout it. Like I was not actually like oh, threatened or scared at any point. Never. Really. I haven't been worried since like uh, the, the third quarter of game two. <laughs> really yeah. like that. I don't even mean to be disrespectful. It's just like, the Nuggets did not have the the weapons left in their arsenal to do this. They just did not have what it was going to take to beat the Suns, whether it was Porter already being a bad matchup for this team and then getting injured, Barton coming back too slowly. He would have been a major difference maker if he could have been healthy to this level playing 40 minutes from game one. I do think it's a little bit of a different series. Um, and then just the rest of it, like they just didn't match up super well. Um, and you can even see they, they didn't, they were desperate. McGee's playing in this game. Millsap's getting a DNP for whatever reason. I thought he had been pretty solid, um, at least against bench units for the Suns. Most of this series, he's not even in the game. So yeah, but, but your point is, is the right one, which is when Chris Paul makes up his mind about something like this, I, I don't think there's much to be done from the, from the minute he stuck out his tongue and, in uh, an image that's been captured as David Nash's Twitter, Twitter avatar now is um, I think when the nuggets should have just probably rolled over. So let's get to Paul. I don't want to belabor this anymore. This night is about him. This night is about a return to the Western conference finals. I did just want to hit the game really quickly, but uh, let's, let's get right to that first though, guys, a quick word from indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, just post screen and interview all in one place, right on indeed. Then get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews right from your Indeed dashboard. Again, Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, which gives you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, as well as the Indeed Skills Test, which on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose for more than 130 of those tests, then add those must-have requirements. So again, you are only paying for applications that meet the requirements and get you the folks who tested well on your test. It's all about personalization. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked and get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. That's indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar, my favorite protein bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Tastes just like a candy bar. You don't even realize that you are having something that is actually good for you because it doesn't taste like it. I have honestly done a double take sometimes tasting these, these flavors Um, especially something like the peanut butter brownie or the salted caramel, which genuinely just tastes like a Snickers or whatever your favorite candy bar might be. They really do. I have honestly checked and I'm like, wait a second. So is the sugar here like one serving and the bar is actually two servings? Cause you know, some of those, especially the snack companies, they'll kind of fool you where it's like, Oh, just, you know, six grams of, of sugar, but you're really supposed to split like a one bite into three. And that's how it makes it. Okay. Well, it's actually like 20 grams of sugar. No, Bilt Bar doesn't do any of that. They are for real. They are legit. These things are healthy. 17 grams of protein, 18 on the high end, right in that happy spot, 130 to 180 on the calories, and then about four or five grams of sugar per bar. Gets the job done, gets you that protein, maybe before a workout, after a workout, or just 
Sometimes you get hungry in the afternoon. You can't wait till dinner, but you don't want to have something too heavy. You don't want to have something that's going to ruin your diet or ruin your day. Built Bar is perfect no matter what you need it for, no matter what your taste is. In addition to those those sweet ones, they have cherry, they have raspberry, they have mint, all sorts of things, something for everybody. Go to BuiltBar.com, guys. Check it out. Try it for yourself. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. If you've ordered before, you can still use this promo code. Again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So I was telling you, Brandon, that it didn't feel uh, real kind of because the game was so lopsided. Many of the games and every game in this series was, I'm not even sure. Did Denver lead after the first quarter of any of these games? Like, did they ever actually retake the lead after any first quarter? Yeah. I mean, just, just insane, but it felt more real after the game when you were able to see Chris Paul, the TNT cameras just fixated on him He's doing the, the walk-off with Chris Haynes. He's he's talking to his family. I think that was his father that he, he gave a quick hug to, and, and they shared that moment. He's headed back to his second conference finals. That's when it felt real to me, like this guy who's changed so much on this in this organization is getting what he came for, is getting what he led them to, and has a real chance to change his legacy. That That's when it really hit me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just therefore wins away from the NBA finals. Like It's just crazy to think about. Um, and the way they're doing it in convincing fashion, like there's no question marks about this series. Like the Suns were clearly the better team from top to bottom, and, and they continue to show that. Uh, it was just a really consistent beatdown, and, and just seeing the, the how happy Paul and Monty were, you know, hugging after and like just looking up at the fans, like going crazy. It was just just one of those nights you're not going to forget as a Suns fan, and. Uh, it's just really cool to see how they kind of took over Denver Stadium too. That that was just really awesome to me, and it just shows you how much this fan base has been waiting. It's been like a sleeping giant, and uh, now they have something to cheer for, and it's just been a lot of fun. That's so true. Um, I've no, I mean I think we've all noticed that, but it's it's pretty impressive. It's pretty incredible because I mean not to because I, I do kind of hate like on TNT they're showing you know, the team picture from whatever that, that sub 20 win season and all that. I, we, we're clearly not going to rehash that, but just it, suffice to say, like this organization did just about everything it could possibly do to beat out the fandom in, in this city. And without fail, people responded um, to see, yeah, to see people in Denver. I don't even know. I don't know anybody who even lives in Denver. So I didn't know there were Suns fans there. Obviously a lot of them traveled to, um, just, just incredible. And a huge, a huge, I mean, the, the real reason, like I, I was saying, I don't know how there are still so many people who had that little bit of fandom still in them to be awoken. Well, the reason is because this team is so damn fun to watch and to follow. And have you, I can't think of a team. I was just trying to like in the past few years in the NBA, think of a team that rose to the occasion in the playoffs in this way. Like I can't think of a, of another group where they actually got better when the playoffs came. Like that doesn't happen. Can you even think of a team recently that, that that was the trajectory for? Um, I can't like maybe the Toronto Raptors from a few years back. Like I, I definitely agree. This team feels like those Raptors. Yeah, I, I got, I can see that, but even them, they had Kawhi back then who obviously yeah. was, you know, probably the best player in the league and the best player in the playoffs for sure. So 
Uh, this Suns team is more is different. They're more of like a collective team, where sure. it's not just one guy. So it's like, you know, that Raptors team is the closest you're going to get to like, you know, just not being like a super team winning a title. So uh, that's probably the one example that comes to mind. But the other one yeah, I had was the the other one I had was the. I mean, again, we're just we're just using all of the non the non super team title winners, right? But that that Mavs team in Dirk's title felt decently similar. I mean, with Chris sort of being the Dirk there, I, I, it's not a perfect comparison, but just in terms of getting it from everybody and then kind of coming out of nowhere when the playoffs hit and not being a team that people really thought of as a contender, and then all of a sudden, like, oh damn, they they kind of did it, and and it's really believable, and we got to start taking them seriously. Yeah, definitely. And there's not too many examples like that. Just in general, just historically speaking, it's like super teams are usually the on the short end of that list. But uh, and some fans will hate me for saying this, but like this, there's a little bit of Spurs in them too, with how balanced they are. Like those prime Spurs teams, like just how aesthetically like pleasing they are offensively, sharing the ball, and just how you know unique their offensive approach is. Like. Uh, all the wrinkles they have in their, in their scheme is just crazy. Like there's so much action going on. And that's part of why like Michael Porter Jr. is exposed defensively, even like more than usual. And it's why I think, uh, you know, there's there's going to be so tough to beat in a seven game series because they can, they just come at you in waves and they have so many different ways they can beat you. Yeah. What did you make of, of Chris Paul here tonight? Because, um, you know, the injury and overcoming that right shoulder contusion, whatever it is, we'll find out eventually what that actually was. And I don't think it's, it's probably gone from his routine of, of, of working out and, and getting ready for games. I'm sure he's still feeling pain there, but he is playing heavy, heavy minutes, played 37 in game three, played 40 tonight. Um, but even above and beyond that, he, seems to, like I had said at the top, have, have really paced himself for this moment, like over the course of this entire season, not just getting over that shoulder, but, you know, we would see it. I think of that Pelicans game in the fourth quarter when I think they were down heading into the fourth and then they won by like 20 points. Um, some of those little blips where it was like, okay, oh, okay. This guy, we know what he can do, even though he's 36 and his impact on the team was always there, but to come to come alive in this way as a scorer deep into the playoffs and kind of add this complete new wrinkle to the team feels again pretty extraordinary but also i mean what is what do you think that changes for what this team can be if teams also then on top of all the other stuff have to worry about chris paul just rocking mid-range jumpers for you know 30 40 minutes every single night that's why i said you know booker's built for the playoffs and it makes everything easier when you have Chris Paul, obviously, but just the way that they can kill you, it's like, you know, you got to pick your poison. It's like you're either going to have Chris Paul go off or, you know, uh, have teams just overplay Booker, and that opens things up for, for Bridges and Crowder and uh, DeAndre down low. So there's there's just so many different angles and, and ways they can beat you that, you know, I think teams are starting to learn. Like, you can't send as much help on Booker as you normally would and same with Paul like and that's just why having you know two scores in the backcourt like that is just so unique because they can get their bucket whenever they need it and uh, the main difference from this team too and like Sun teams in the past that we've seen with with like this type of offense is you know they play defense and they play hard on that end and Booker's been 
really impressive, I think, defensively throughout the playoffs. So uh, tip of the cap to him, had another 11 rebound night. So he's uh, just shows his activity and uh, commitment to being better on that end. And he's doing that while he's still dropping, uh, you know, 34 <laughs> points on 25 shots. So uh, he's really elevated his way like into a two-way player, which is uh, Chris Paul's went out of his way to say that a couple times post-game. And I think he's he's doing that to motivate him because he wants him to know that you know he's you know people are watching and they uh, and they, they like to see him take pride in that side of the floor. So it's just been a pleasure to watch that too. Yeah, called him one of the best two way players in the NBA the other night, and yeah, I mean you can see it, what what Booker the ways that Booker has improved this season and the way that that Paul sort of in, has impacted that growth. Like I think the thing that I'm increasingly because I mean, we're about to maybe have a Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell conference finals. And, and that, that narrative is going to be part of how that series is talked about. And, you know, not even just kind of the, the head to head stuff. I don't really care too much about that necessarily, but just watching both of those guys this postseason and some of the other two guards, Bradley Beal or, or these types of guys in, in the playoffs and in, you know, the kind of, big moments of their careers. What stands out to me about Booker that I think again has come from Paul is Booker has a a level of cerebralness to his game and a level of, of reading the game that I don't see from those guys. Like like Donovan Mitchell, just a bowling ball, right? Like he plays with so much force and skill that he can kind of, you know, impart his, his excellence onto the game pretty easily because he's so gifted. Um, It's not to say that he's not a smart player, but I think that's what you really see with Booker. And so, yeah, it's like you said, that the ability to have those two scorers, but it's also two guys who, you know, it's not black holes, right? It's not, you know, kind of ISO or, or my turn, your turn and that type of thing. And that's why I think the, this team's, like you said, getting some comparisons to that Spurs team or, or I guess, you know, any, any number of Spurs teams, that Raptors team, or even I, I know a lot of people are like to compare because of their youth and everything, um, and Kellen Olson had some good notes on this, that they're the second team, I think, basically in, in modern NBA history to have this this many starters who are 22 um, or younger, or maybe it was 25 and younger, including Booker. I don't remember exactly, but basically there's very little precedent for this team being so young. And the fact that, that they are that, I think, makes people say the Warriors, whatever you want to say, it is uh, it is really rare to have that many ways to attack that smart of a team being so young and all the rest of that. So uh, it's going to be an awesome series. Um, I have a question before we get out of this segment and start talking about the next thing though, which is I've been wanting to ask other people. I I don't know even what what my answer is, but are they better offensively or defensively right now? Like which end of the floor do you trust more? Which you think is a bigger advantage for them the way they're playing right now? I think I'd trust their defense a little bit more just in terms of uh, what I've seen in the playoffs, because I think that's all that matters. Like towards the end of the season, they kind of had, once they clinched, like the, you kind of saw their numbers dropping, like the defensive rating uh, was, was not the best, but I think when they're locked in and they're, they're at their best, it's defensively. And that's what leads to the easy buckets. So like in transition or um, just building confidence with whether it's, you know, Jay Crowder blocking, 400 shots or you know Mikhail just wreaking havoc on the wing like I think that's where they get their momentum and it definitely plays a huge part in some of those runs that they go on and 
you're seeing that more with especially like we've already talked about just bookers leap defensively so yeah yeah, I, I would say right now defensively but it's it's really close yeah the the good the, the thing about this next series which we're, we're about to get into is they played a team in the first round that was basically a defense only team by the time the suns got them they played a team in the second round that was basically offense only by the time the suns got to them they're going to play no matter which team wins this other Western second round series is going to be a, a complete team. So they're going to need that balance and they're going to need um, obviously a, a good helping of both offense and defense. And I'm excited to see, uh, you know, which team they get and, and how they can adjust and continue to grow because they're just so relentless about attacking weaknesses. And so uh, we'll talk about that next series what we can expect, what the matchup we prefer might be right after a quick break. But first, a word from betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball, basketball, NHL, all in full swing. We have fights and tennis and golf all the time. Every weekend, it seems like there's something I forgot was even happening that is suddenly getting everybody's attention. A ton of soccer. You got Olympic qualifiers. You can bet on all of it at BetOnline. They have news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info constantly updated so whether you use their website betonline.ag or their mobile app it's all right there for you so do not sit on the sidelines folks get involved get into the game the way to do that the best way to do that get a little extra bang for your buck is to go to betonline.ag make an account and when you make your first deposit use the promo code locked on to get a 50 percent welcome bonus straight to your account again Head to betonline.ag or use their mobile app, make an account, and when you put that first bit of money in, you're going to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% bonus straight to your account. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's close this thing out. We were talking a little bit about the defense there. I I tend to agree with you. I feel like um, the defense right now, the way that it can swarm, the length, the way that it's adapted to playoff basketball, the fact that Aiton has stepped up his game to such an extraordinary level. I do, I do think that they're outfitted in a way that makes me feel a little better there. Um, on the other hand, though, they do face a matchup against the Clippers potentially. I mean, I know that, that, that the Clippers are down, but that has presented trouble for them. Uh, the switching, the versatility, the size, the physicality, all the things that, that make the Clippers the Clippers – tends to pose a challenge to the Suns. Now, they played them pretty tight this year, but that's probably the team that I would be the most scared of if I'm the Suns. How do you feel? Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. Just And the main thing is the home court advantage against the Clippers, I think, kind of neutralizes that a little bit, whereas Utah, uh, you're going to be playing in an environment that they haven't been in yet, like yet, so... I don't know. I, I think Utah is probably the better matchup on paper. Like I agree that the Clippers could pose some more matchup issues and, you know, Kawhi is insane in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, you, you don't want to get in a series against him. So I would lean Utah. Um, but I would say it's not the worst thing in the world. If, if the Clippers win, then uh, the Suns kind of control their own destiny with their home court the rest of the way. He's uh, in the finals, like they're going to have home court no matter what. So, uh, this next series would be the only time they don't. So I could see both sides to it, but I agree the Clippers on, on paper are probably um, a little more um, well-suited to match up with them, but I don't think it's like a huge gap because Utah is still a really good team and uh, it's going to be a tough series either way. 
that's the thing about this team, right? Is they've risen to the moment. Like, they played so well against every good team all season long. Like, yes, they swept the Jazz, and I believe were one and two against the Clippers. But it's like, you know, of those six games, they were all tight and they were all competitive. And the Suns showed some good things and some bad things against all of them. So it's like, you know, I do think these three teams are the right three teams to be left in it to go kind of the furthest. I mean, I know technically round wise, if the Clippers or the Jazz were to lose, they'd be right there with the Nuggets. But making the series longer, I feel like it shows they're more competitive. And I think that's proven, right? It's proven out over the course of the year. But I think the thing I keep coming back to is just that the two-way nature of whatever this next series is going to be, it's not going to be as easy as the first or the second round. And it's going to be more of a challenge, which should be, right? It's the next round. But um, today on the road to the finals, guys, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So with that all said, um, I mean, I I first want to shout out the Suns, something I didn't say yet. They're on a seven-game win streak. This is the tied for the longest win streak of the season, including the regular season. (laughs) It's... uh, yeah, that's crazy. Remarkable. Like, again, I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm i more asking you because it's rhetorical. I know there's not an answer. I definitely don't think that you have the answer. But, like, I cannot remember a team that's ever done that before. Seven straight, I mean, maybe teams that have swept the first two rounds, of course. But um, for them to, to bounce back this way, I mean, I guess, what do you make of that youth thing? Because I, I mentioned it as part of my other point in the last segment, but the idea that this, this team is so young. I just don't, I guess that's, it would be a story against the jazz or the Clippers. Cause those teams are both more experienced, but I just don't have any reason to think that all of a sudden that's going to become a negative. They just haven't, they haven't been flappable all playoffs. I really don't see that changing now. Yeah. And I thought the whole leadership thing is always, or like the youth and inexperience thing is a little overblown because your leaders are Chris Paul, Monty Williams, and Jay Crowder. We've all been there and done that. And then, you know, Torrey Craig's played in a ton of playoff games. Uh, Ewan Campaign back in, when on the Thunder and Bulls, he's played in the playoffs and, and Dario as well. So it's it's more of just that young core. And for someone Even like Booker, Booker, right? Like this is year six. Like I think that yeah, part, exactly. it gets, it's, yeah, it's his first playoffs, but it's kind of exaggerated. Like he's been around. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like he's in his first or second year and trying to prove himself. So um, I kind of thought it was always overblown. Like DeAndre, and Mikel were the two guys that I could see there being like some concerns with as far as consistency and like, are they going to rise to the occasion? But um, I think they've certainly both answered those calls, but yeah, I think that was always kind of overblown. That's more relevant with like teams that are, you know, the, the engine of their team is like in their, you know, second or third year or something like that. But yeah, I, I don't think it's Maps. really a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Is I that, think I, the Mavs, right? Like the oh, Mavs yeah. are kind of an example of that where it's like, Luca, yeah, who's right. who's still sort of, uh, I think, like emotionally has a little bit of of just sort of stoicism and, and leadership to kind of build up, and then like you know Jalen Brunson, these guys are not necessarily proven. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the you looked up and down the Suns roster, and it's like the key components of it have plenty of experience and and muster to kind of get you through those moments. And then like like we talked about the the ability of Chris Paul to kind of to kind of turn it on when that time comes is huge for, for Jay Crowder to pull a rabbit out of a hat and, and have a career or a season high in blocks out of nowhere um, is remarkable. So I, I lean, 
I lean toward the Clippers being a little bit of a tougher matchup, both because I just kind of trust their star power a little bit more, but also I just think the matchup wise, they pose some problems. On the other hand, though, I do kind of feel like the Jazz are the better team. So it's like with, you know, do you want to face the team that is better or the one that you theoretically match up worse against? I, I do kind of agree. It's maybe it is more of a coin flip, like you said, and it's probably going to be six or seven games either way. That's that's really how I'm starting to see it. We'll go out on this, though. Rest, you mentioned uh, how nice it'll be for Paul, obviously with that shoulder probably still bugging him and, and just generally getting, you know, um, some some rest on those legs that have been in many a moment like this and getting some cushion so that we don't have a flashback to some of his playoff moments past, knock on wood there. Um, they could get up to nine days of rest. I mean, if, if the Clippers and Jazz go seven, which is not necessarily for sure, but could happen, then it, it would seem to me like game one of the conference finals would be next Tuesday if I mapped it out right, at least you know, maybe Monday or something like that. So that almost start. I don't even want to turn it into a negative necessarily, but that does kind of start to worry me of like, is that, is that too much, too much rest? It's very un, un, uncommon for a team to just sit for a week in the middle of the playoffs. Yeah. And part of that is why I think home court could matter more like for a game one, because like if you're in that building again with your fans, I think it's going to be easy to kind of, get that energy and boost. But if you're off for like a week and uh, a little over a week and you go into like Utah and like a hostile environment, it could be a little more difficult to find that, that rhythm. So that's one reason I think having home court would be nice, but at the same time, I, yeah, like you said, I think it's going to be six or seven game series either way. And uh, just really looking forward to see how the rest of that series goes. And hopefully they go seven games and just, you know, beat each other up and, yeah. Um, that's probably the best case. Scenario. No more injuries, please. I'm tired of tired of injuries in this playoffs. I get that it might help the Suns in some cases, but I mean, you're just seeing so many depleted teams. The entire East is being decided by injuries right now. The West, uh, hope, luckily, has been largely void of that except for the Lakers. So I'd like to just see the very best of every team. But yeah, let's hope it's at least a little bit of a worn down version of whatever team does come next. And actually that's a good point on the home court. I, I think that makes a lot of sense to me that you sit and then all of a sudden you're on a plane and then you're in this other city and then you're prepping for the game. And it just feels like, can we, can we please get to tip off of this humongous moment in my life, please, rather than another practice, another training session, another, you know, getting taped, whatever. Uh, so I, I do think getting that home court crowd from the opening tip could make a very big difference We'll have to see how that series plays out. We will obviously be checking back on it here. Um, a lot to a lot to, to chew on. We'll, we'll kind of have to I'll largely base that on whatever happens in that series. But um, just I hope that everybody is reveling. I'm sure you all are. I'm sure many of you are uh, not even able to listen to this Sunday. Maybe not even first thing Monday, depending on how many um, beers down you are, but that's, that's what it's for. That's, that's the good stuff. We've waited very, very long for this. So I do not blame any of you. Um, uh, that'll wrap us up though. Thanks for coming on as always, Brandon, you got anything you want to plug anything you want to tell the people to check out? Sons in four. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Start booking. I mean, maybe just have a plane ticket for Utah and for, for LA. And I know we don't know the dates yet, but I would just, I would get on that because, you know, when we traveled in this series, it tended to, to, to result in not only memes, but also 
uh, genuine energy in that building. So um, let's let's keep that going. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it helps to have some enforcers in the crowd. Jay Crowder on the floor, <laughs> some folks up in the seats as well. So um, not advocating some, some violence. physical town setters. Yeah, a, yeah, not violence, but you just you got your guys right. You got your six fouls up in the bleachers. Um, all right, folks, enjoy your Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday getting you ready as we get through this week. We'll see what happens in the other series. But uh, yeah, Suns and four.